How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sylvie's Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? I deflect targeting Justin. Happy Cinco de Mayo! I'm dating this episode. Interesting. I didn't yeah, know that Rachel would allow that, but hey, <laughs> you do you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Justin. Dice, let's just go with that. Yeah. Do, do you have a preference for what we call you on the episode? Because I literally never call you Dice. <laughs> yeah, I usually call Rachel him... calls me Dice all the time. Uh, okay. She'll introduce me in public as Dice. Um, we have recent events that I can go into later, but no, really, I'll, I'll respond to either. That's fair. Um, I was just not going to use any term. <laughs> guest. Uh, guest on, on the episode. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm um... going to do my dad's joke and call you late for dinner. Oof. Congratulations. That's one thing you shouldn't night. call somebody. So I know that nobody oh. cares about this, <laughs> but um, I'm watching Zencaster and like the waveforms go by and it's really blurry for me for some reason. And I've never seen that. I don't know what that means. Jake, you need your glasses. Wait. Okay. No. Yeah. Taking them off doesn't help. So. <laughs> Dave, you're the odd one out now. You're not wearing yours. I know. Yeah. Minor distance glasses. Like, you know how they have distance runners? These are distance glasses. Gotcha. And I don't want to go extra blind by having them on while I'm, you know, two feet from a screen. <laughs> so you can only wear them when running long distances. If I got that. Analogy I don't wear them very right. often uh, based on what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fair. Um, but welcome back, Justin. I think it's been months. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, yeah we, well, see you guys in the next one. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's always a pleasure. Mm-hmm. All of our guests are so good that, like, after we have them on, we're like, we can't have them back for another six months. Mm-hmm. They're gonna I'm be full. like, we should get rid of the the host entirely, just have the guest. Mm-hmm. I've been oh, advocating guest only for that. episode, dude. That's... If we just set up the lobby and fuck off, hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> That's off the rails. I mean, it is literally like joined joined by URL. So, if somebody could guess it in the time frame that we are recording, they actually would just be able to join. There's not like an authentication code. That's true. So challenge for future weeks. <laughs> See if you can join. Uh-huh. I'm going to have the background info from Dave on who it is. So I know what the name of the episode. We got to change uh-huh. the naming format. Jake. Yeah, that's what <laughs> we got to change the naming format. We just like prepend it with a GUID. <laughs> Good luck. Scrums. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't so have how, a segue. What's I was going to ask, how are people about? doing on this Cinco de Mayo? How's your day been? We can even extend it to week. Hmm. Not month, though. I don't give a fuck to that extent. It's <laughs> also only my, been five days of May. <laughs> my memory doesn't extend that long. so <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm doing I'm doing pretty well, you know, yeah. getting through the week, playing some games, which I'm not going to go into yet because that's how we never get back to talking about the other person. Um, but yeah, it's been going pretty well. It's warm outside. I walked outside and I like laid down on the um, driveway. I just like absorb the radiating heat a little bit. It's freaking great. I like to imagine uh, like your neighbor goes out to check the mail. They're like, should I? They literally did. <laughs> they did exit their front door and looked at us for a bit because uh, Jenny was there and then uh, walked back inside. So I don't know what they're thinking about us right now, but still great. It's been a busy week for us. We, uh, we went for a walk at a local park for the first time on Monday uh, Rachel had history going to this park, but never wanted to go back or never had the opportunity to go back. So we just decided on Monday, we're going to grab Wawa and have a picnic dinner. Um, nice. So that was, that was nice. I didn't, I didn't know where, I didn't realize there was that big of a lake that close to us. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there was a reservoir further out closer to her parents, but, uh, before you dox yourself, I'm going to muddy the waters a little bit and be like, oh, which great lake was it? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was really nice out. It's been really nice out. Uh, it's just. And then today I had off work for other reasons. And so I spent a little bit of time making uh, an enchilasagna for Ooh. Cinco de Mayo. Um it came out pretty well. I don't think it was necessarily worth the effort, 
but because it was a day off, I just kind of got to do it, and it came out well. Nice. It's it's really fun to just sink yourself into something like that. Like, I'm going to cook something. Do I do a five-minute version? No, no, no. Hear me out. In three hours. <laughs> and they just yeah, keep, it, like, making it more complex, and then you appreciate it all the more when it's done. Yeah. It took easily two and a half hours, um, but I also made fresh guac to go with it so we had that uh, as an appetizer and then nice. put that on the side and yeah oh, that sounds good i like the idea of guac as an appetizer not literally in every piece of the meal <laughs> <laughs> well i can't have avocado toast i'm i'm a millennial it's, that's true uh, right it's against sell the house <laughs> yeah <laughs> what about avocado tortilla <laughs> I feel like I should have the next segue. How are you doing, Dave? How's your week eh, going? It's quiet. I'm really just waiting to move. Hmm. That's fair. That's coming up right quick, I think, is the measurement of time. Yeah. I'm just, I'm done. I want to I wanna be moved. Yeah. I want to be able to be like, you know, I'm going to decades tonight. Mm-hmm. A chain bar across the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But no, I'm just looking forward to the the change up because, I mean, thankfully, where I'm at currently, uh, like Justin and Rachel are close enough. I get to hang out with them every mm-hmm. so often. I've um, heard of them. But outside of that, there's like nothing really in the area because like I'm kind of between like some business parks and whatnot. Yeah. I don't go out too much because of. Granted, COVID's taken up a lot of when I've lived this apartment. I see you hand gesturing. Did you want to comment? You're moving right after we found our favorite Thai place, though. That is immediately next to your apartment. Cancel the move, Dave. Just kidding. Dave's moving closer to me, so don't do that. (laughs) To be fair, that Thai place has been there a very long time. They changed management, and the new people are adorable. And I've now found out that butterfly pt is a thing and mm-hmm. it's delicious is that... jake's like i didn't know that butterflies could <laughs> well yeah i was gonna ask like what the story was for that entry in silent hill <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the pity laugh that was yeah that's good i was hoping justin would take because like i haven't played that game <laughs> yeah well i, I mean I... no one's played that game right like oof. Wh- which one is it from uh, Silent Hill PT or Silent Hill? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, oh, I, I didn't. I didn't make that connection. I was ah. still thinking of the fully spelled out PT. I gotcha. PT, go home. <laughs> All right, these are good. They're too quick for me at the moment. Um, but yeah, the Thai place is good. I, I might go to it one more time. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Mike comes up, we're probably either gonna try and do that or Mama Wong's. As like a last vestige of tasty Asian food mm-hmm. before I fuck off. We're getting close enough that I'm probably not going on a work trip that week, so I might actually be available. Dang. Oh. You just gotta invite yourself over. Does this flight have an extra seat? <laughs> <laughs> With legroom? <laughs> uh, business class only. Oof. Ah. Oof oof. Um, next topic. What have we oh, all been uh, playing lately? <laughs> right. <laughs> Dang, they, they introduced it. Um, I can open. Uh, I've been playing the usual suspects. I, also, I guess Overwatch 2 beta. We haven't talked about that at all. <laughs> Justin just shakes his head dismissively. He's like, I don't even I... freaking... <laughs> Justin, ask me my opinion on the Overwatch 2 beta. What's your opinion on the Overwatch 2 beta, Dave? <sighs> <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. My, mine's the historical baggage from Blizzard, but... You can say that. We know that it's just because you never felt like you reached your full potential as Widowmaker. Like, I understand. I understand. My 72% win rate as Tracer is is locked in historically. That's true. Right? Never, never, never pollute it. That was like, you, you hit your uh, career best, I think, in 2016, right? It was, yep. <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> Played a one land party, stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> No, it's um, I don't know. I mean, the people who listen to this podcast already have all of the information <laughs> that I have. Um, it's uh, I I hope it turns out well. 
it's I've got a lot of the same reservations a lot of people do about Blizzard. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe if it ever like has more information on it or they give us a little bit more, we can talk about it more at length. But I'm fine for the most part avoiding it. I will say the one thing I will say is that they actually released a blog post that was like, hey, remember that time we were like, we're going to talk to you guys more? That's what this is. And they actually detailed a lot of the um, thoughts they were having for why they were making changes to the game and everything like that. And holy crap, after like two years, it's nice to have literally any sort of explanation for what's going on. The problem is consistency. Like Mm -hmm. that has always been their problem with community feedback is they'll say, hey, we know you guys are looking for feedback. And then you get a two year gap, you get one blog post and then six months without anything and then hey we're still listening to the community but you are don't... you team cherry are you <laughs> <laughs> they did specifically say like they're gonna try to do a monthly i think so well um, i mean wasn't it, they've done it before though yeah and, and wasn't it like they were doing monthlies but it ended up being like art content and mm. so like i can appreciate that stuff but that's not it, it's the the multiple demographics that they have, right? Like you want the people, the technical details, especially when the community starts asking the questions of what are you doing about X? And then they release an art blog post. This is all coming from my Diablo three fandom where (laughs) I played 14 seasons consistently for release weekend. And then, Hey, we're not updating this game anymore. Peace. Yeah. Yeah. They like to do that. Yeah, I, I want to say some of it probably chalks up to management because that sounds like a very managerial move of making <laughs> promises left. about something. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like the, hey, we hear you. Managers will always make you feel like listen to and then do mm-hmm. fucking nothing. Personal bias, uh, <laughs> historically over many jobs. But their initial thing is like they don't want you to backlash. So they're like, oh, I accept your feelings. Mm-hmm. And then they just don't follow up on it. They're dampening the feelings rather than acting on them. Yeah. I mean, it is nice that they are willing to do something. But yeah, if it's not a consistent thing, there's not actual community engagement versus just, hey, we released a couple of emails type thing. Yeah. I don't really see the point of doing it in the first place at that point. Yeah, they kind of have straddled that line a little bit because they almost um, they almost make it hurt more with like bursts of engagement when they had like the experimental card. And it was just like, hey, every couple of weeks, we're just trying random crap out. Like, tanks can heal themselves, and here's all this nonsense, and all this crap. And people had a lot of fun with it, and then they're like, alright, see you in six months. Alright, like, <laughs> that's a little bit more rough. And they're trying to be a big AAA game that is going to continue to be an eSport. They're still trying it for two. So they should probably put the effort in. I don't know. I, I've, I've been a Blizzard fanboy historically for a very long time i i know patch cycles from vanilla wow it's the same stuff over and over again i'm just i'm far enough along in my i'm a grumpy old man uh-huh, yeah <laughs> with them basically and it's just i i can see through the cynicism i've been there for the droughts and the mm-hmm. hey we're listening patch cycles with all of the wow expansions and then they release a patch they release an expansion and things that were pointed out for months in ptr are broken and yeah yeah they they do not uh, stay up on that although maybe microsoft will just fire everybody and then it's, <laughs> eh, no, it's no no <laughs> it's not like a change of hands makes things immediately better. And even if it was going to move in a positive direction, that's going to take a long time. Yeah. Cause and you I have to acclimate teams. You have to, you have to do everything essentially from the ground up. I don't know how they prove it to me anymore. That's my biggest problem is like, I can sit here and be like, I don't play Blizzard games anymore. And I used to be a huge fan. I don't know how they would win me back even. Uh, right. Unless there was just so much fan, like, Hey, this is awesome again. All of this, like, it's just mm-hmm. it. The pool has been tainted. The pond, like, the pond is yeah poisoned. How, how good the, would the product? 
how good would Diablo 4 have to be compared to Path of Exile 2? That, that's the threshold I don't know, because I, I am actively waiting for Path of Exile 2 to come out. Mm-hmm. If they cor- if Grinding Gear Games corrects some of their their yeah. entry level issues that I have with them, so it's just I don't I don't even know. Um, and like Riot divests their ninety nine percent stake in the company or whatever. <laughs> but indie, are... games. Indie, <laughs> yeah, games indie games, indie games, indie games, we got indie games. Indie <laughs> games are good. <laughs> the, Zolt, the Devolver Thresh, uh, Devolver Digital, they can just release mm-hmm. something and I'll play it. I may not get my thousand hours out of it anymore, but probably. That's also there's a joke. There's no way. Like, well, gonna eat my words, I guess. But I would be very surprised if a Chinese company bought out Devolver Digital. (laughs) None of their games could be played in their current state (laughs) in China. (laughs) They'd have to even re-release Ape Out. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't know, Ape Out is a game where you play as an ape and you are escaping from a facility and they have uh, cartoonish, like, orange blood. Mm-hmm. Historically, Shannon is not... Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have played that one. Not to be confused with Ape Escape. I mean, could they just turn the ape into a Winnie the Pooh facsimile Ooh, and then it'd be I, fine? I don't know if that's... Yeah, I hear they, <laughs> they like that <laughs> one. I'm sure if somebody did implement that or let that go through, they'd be cut. They'd be getting a couple of Xi Jinping's in their emails. <laughs> they'd stop getting emails. Uh, <laughs> it's it's done. The uh, the other game I was appreciated on two levels, so thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, other game I've been playing is Cyberpunk 2077. How is it now after all the patches? I've never gotten around the pat uh, the playing it because of the initial backlash it got. I haven't pulled the trigger on buying it in a sale discount. I mean, it's probably worth picking up on a sale. Uh, the game's not, I don't think it's been appreciate appreciably different on PC. The difference is that like, there's a lot of good mods now. Um, so I have like a quick bar mod and you're just like, Hey, it's customizable. So you can put whatever you want on the quick bar. Um, and I'm trying to think of some of the other really nice mods. Oh, one of the ones I really like is, um, whenever you take a weapon out for the first time in cyberpunk, um, V will like if it's a blade he'll like run his hand across it in some like you know like samurai unsheathing cool Hollywood effect or like flip a shotgun and then like it'll settle in his hand um, something really cool some cool like hey I'm the protagonist and I'm a cool protagonist a nice flourish exactly a nice flourish but it only happens for the first time you equip that weapon all this mod does is it makes it so that happens every time you take the <laughs> weapon out I think you can cancel it with like aim down sights okay. but um it's stuff like that's just hilarious. Otherwise, like doing the main story, I started seeing like texture glitches within 15 minutes, I think, of starting playing oh. the game. So they weren't like long lasting. It was during like a couple cutscenes where geometry was a little flaky, but the fact that it's this far along and that still pops up is. I'm glad something. to know that it's still buggy after, mm-hmm. you know, more than a year. Mm hmm. Oh, there's another mod. It used to be in the base game. You have to like craft everything one at a time. And one of those crafting things you could do is upgrade basic materials to high level materials. And that sucks if you want to do it 500 times. (laughs) Um, So there's a mod that's just like, oh, you did it once. How many more times do you want to do it? And there's just a slider. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, Um, that's that's huge quality of life stuff. But yeah. And that's the community. I don't know when I will actually get around to it, I guess, with. Mm -hmm everything else this year has been crazy for game releases and other random bs in the sphere of wanting to play Mm -hmm. the nice thing is they they did officially announce they canceled all plans for multiplayer so you could play it literally whenever you want it does not matter it's a single player game forever so okay and Mm -hmm. the story is good side quests are entertaining i enjoyed Mm -hmm. playing through it even even with the bug fiesta that it was at the time Mm -hmm. um so I've even still considered, because I have a newer machine now, thanks, Justin, um, to probably go back and do a playthrough at some point now that that's done. Okay. Yeah. We need to talk about your thermals still, I think. You were having some yep. weird CPU stuff, but we never, we never it, solved it that problem. It gets toasty. Toasty is fine. BSODs, because it's toasty, is, is the problem. too much, yeah. 
Let me rephrase. It gets real toasty sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It gets like um, Mortal Kombat toasty. <laughs> Finish it. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like I'm, I'm interested in Cyberpunk 2077 from mm-hmm. a Cyberpunk standpoint. But in comparison to something like a Deus Ex, is it is it worth playing from that sphere? I guess because that's what I've been itching to play. Like an immersive sim. sim. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think it has the same degree of that necessarily, but it is like. Okay. Quick hacking is amazing. That's as far okay. as I can go before Dave's <laughs> going to cut my mic. No, I, I was going to say, um, like, and the stealth system is very workable. It's incredibly fair. Um, none of it's really necessary if you want to just run around and kill everybody. And there's not really a reason not to do that. If that okay. makes any sense, it's not. It's not like Metal Gear Solid, where it's like, "Oh, you were detected." They'll talk well, about it afterwards. Yeah. Um, and so, if you want to play that way, and you want to use like quick hacks and stealth and things like that, I think it makes the game way more engaging. When you're like, "I'm going to find okay. a way up into this building. I'm going to work my way through here and do this espionage style." Um, but it's not necessary unless that's the place you're going for. I just think that's the most gratifying. So you're 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 forced to basically set your own requirements for that, whereas the easier method doesn't have any consequences. Yeah, not really. Not not at least on like the lower difficulties and things like that. I'm playing this new playthroughs on the hardest difficulty, so it's like very hard. And I started out with like, all right, I'm going to try a sword build, and I had like no points in sword, and. I freaking the, die because people gun shoot people are me like, shoot <laughs> with a gun and then I die. I'm like, all right, time to quick load. So I went back to my old hacky ways um, and that absolutely can like turn the table. I recommend for anyone who enjoys playing a slower paced game or like a more tactical game, try a Netrunner build first. But, um, oh, another quality of life thing. Uh, you can like, I think you can respect whenever you want. Okay. Uh, it costs like, a certain low number of eddies, which is the currency, euro dollars in cyberpunk space. They finally um, took a note from Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's really nice because it was incredibly expensive or impossible, I think, when the game launched. Can't recall I don't exactly. remember it being an option at launch. Yeah. Um, you just kind of get into like, oh, I'm stuck doing this. If I want to invest in another tree, I'll take my hard-earned points. But then at that point, it's like 20 in swords and melee and then like mm-hmm. five in stealth. You're like, eh, stealth doesn't yeah. seem like it's having that much impact because you're not putting as much in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it it's definitely on my radar just when I will get around to it, I guess, and also which platform I'll do it on. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the do... benefit, good. like I ended up playing Elden Ring on PS5 mm-hmm. just for the ability to start it up randomly it's a right. little bit more of a threshold to try and get pc stuff on the, the television downstairs and rachel my wife wants to enjoy like she wants to have that background noise if i'm if i'm down there and engaging with something she wants right. to be able to at least experience part of it and she loved when i was running through elden ring mm-hmm. so it's how how integral knowing where i am in the story because with elden ring it was Watching me suffer basically is where yeah. she got the enjoyment. That's, um, that's fair. <laughs> and with a closer to an immersive sim, not knowing where those those fine connections happen mm-hmm. seems more important. But Elden Ring has so many lore connections that we were able to discuss that later. Right. So like it may work that way. Yeah, if you're spectating Cyberpunk, I mean, there's the story beats, which are like basically like watching a movie those are fine you're not making like a lot of choices there's different dialogue options it's kind of closer to bioware's sort of they don't really matter too much in the end but they have a little bit of an impact um but then everything else is pretty much combat or however you deal with the combat encounters um and that's most of it so it can be incredibly flashy um and eventually once i got like the sword build actually working in some armor it could be incredibly flashy. You're just like, hey, I'm going <laughs> to blind everybody, like jump up in the air, double jump, and like land on somebody with a freaking sword. But um, yeah, I don't know. 
Cyberpunk's good. I like it. I still I'm at like 120 hours, and the first hundred hours was the first save. So it's not causing enough problems to prevent you from wanting to play it again. And that, yeah. that that's really what I needed to hear to pull whenever it goes on sale to pull the trigger. I'm like, hey, I'll play this at some point, and I will probably enjoy it. Yeah, and just because I know that there's certain things that we share in common, you and I, Justin, I would say grind in Pacifica. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> just remember those lines, and you'll be good. <laughs> Dave shaking his head. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll do that on a playthrough too, for sure. But uh, typically, I like my first one to always be fresh, and I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And you get there through basically just determination, and you know the occasional like, "Hey, go here." I'm like, "Okay, I'll go there." Yeah, I if I'm in a like a farming style mood, then. I really enjoy when I can get in like a little farming loop and just kind of like turn my brain off. And that's literally what I do in Pacifica is I'm like, <laughs> I run around and I fight these groups of gangs in a big enough circle that they'll respawn <laughs> and grab all their weapons, break them down. So I have like components and then go turn it into crafting stuff. I use or sell. <laughs> and that's, this is the economy of harvesting the, <laughs> the, the, the uh, booster gangers in night city. <laughs> I'm I'm glad you get enjoyment from that. Mm-hmm. That sounds mind numbing to me. <laughs> I spent a couple of I wouldn't even say hours, but there was a uh, early in my Elden Ring playthrough. There was a castle where one of the uh, one of the halves of the the D Dectus elevator, Medellin. yeah, mm-hmm. um, that came from that I found. And I felt like I was comfortable killing those bats. And because it was in Khalid, they gave a decent number of runes that uh-huh. I would run in there and just farm some runes and be like, yeah, I got two or three levels out of this. Just enough to like feel like I was understanding the combat more and like that threshold. But I don't know my current state of playing games. I would spend I wouldn't necessarily get to like level 100 doing that. Like I know some of the discussions mm-hmm. online of the like boulder farming and stuff like that that people were doing, like I would totally, I, I don't have the patience for that anymore. Yeah. But as a counter to that, I also, as of two weekends ago, I have all of the achievements for zombie or vampire survivor. Hey, congrats. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just wait a week and then he won't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That gets updated so often. It does. I was, I literally finished uh, doing the achievements one week and I was talking to either Mike or Justin. I was like, oh, I finished the thing. And then I like toggle games and Steam, I'm like, motherfucker. Uh-huh. Yeah. Even the last <laughs> time we mentioned it here, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. And there's like this combo for this weapon. And Dave's like, what weapon? <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't realize that was going to be a problem when I took this podcast's advice to uh to pick it up and be like oh yeah this is this is enjoyable and mm-hmm. then i checked jake's achievements and like he didn't have anything i'm like this is weird <laughs> didn't connect that he had just patched so much since then yeah that if i wanted to keep up it was going to be periodically just grinding away it's it's not quite like a daily game but it is kind of becoming a bit of a weekly game Mm-hmm. But I still think I'm getting my mileage for the three dollars I've spent on it. <laughs> yeah, there's there's two things I'd say on that. One, this is probably the game we've talked the most about compared to the actual price of the game. That's not literally free. <laughs> that's cheating. Literally free games are disqualified. That's div- division by zero. You in the universe if you try that. <laughs> um, and the other thing is like, how much do you guys think that the pace of development is just because of how ridiculously simple the game is? I'm sure some amount of it like it's but like the arcana system that they recently added was another mechanic on top of everything. It wasn't just an expansion of an existing mechanic. So there there were considerations there for that. Right. I don't know what the system is. It's basically if you do the latest achievements, you can unlock passives that you can unlock and like, oh, I have the first card. This will give me a passive with these bonuses. And then as you progress, you might be able to unlock up to two other cards. So you can have like three passes going at once. So as hmm. you're shaping your build, it kind of gives you another layer to do it, which is just cool. Yeah. But yeah. it's definitely 
like a simple enough concept of like, hey, here's the current weapons we have in the game. What passes could we make to build on that? Or what yeah, weapons very- we add that, oh, we're, we don't have anything that's horizontal. And then they added like the minecart. And they, they keep building stuff like that. Its numbers goes goes up, but it doesn't interface with the character stats in the same way that like the other passive items do. It it picks a subset and buffs their base damage rather than just increasing the character stats on it somewhat. There there gotcha. are some like a specialization. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so hmm. it might be like um these specific three or four type of weapons will have like an extra bounce or two on their hit. Gotcha. And that can okay. be really strong if you're putting a lot of points into maxing those mm-hmm. items that didn't originally crit will now crit um, items that healed you now deal damage when they heal you hmm. okay. are the two other big ones. That second one sounds interesting because my recollection, at least from like the base game was, I say the base game. The game like <laughs> two weeks ago, I don't know. Like, um, was that pretty much all of the healing items were garbage? Like, there were some that kind of, sort of, kind of, but like none of them were as good as just straight up lasting longer because you were killing everything. Yeah, I would yeah. typically run garlic already, and then the arcana that made it so that the evolution of garlic did additional damage and also healed for twice the amount just solidified garlic being a default pick for me basically gotcha. everybody who starts out loves garlic also if you haven't played the game you don't know what we're talking about evolved garlic yeah. is roasted garlic it's really good you can put it on bread <laughs> etc what's crazy though i was on steam recently funny thought um hmm. and they actually had a copycat game already so another Something it's like, oh, something survival. Like they yeah. don't say vampire survivors, but it's the same type of game model. But it's cool like, to see in the same way with like Slay the Spire, that something like that can take off. People are like, oh, this is a good idea. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have other variations of it. I, I've thought about a like space version where the different characters different ships instead and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so many yeah, we know about. Yeah, basically, <laughs> it is at, at its concept. It's just like it's a bullet hell game, a reverse anti- bullet hell. It's a yeah. reverse bullet hell. I think that's actually how they sell it. Um, where you're just completely swarmed. I don't know. It's it's really. I don't know. I don't know why it's as good as it is. It's solid, especially, and you don't go in expecting a whole lot because of the price point they set for it. It basically it's the quality that I've always expected from a mobile game at a mobile game price, but released on PC. Yeah, yeah. there's no microtransactions. <laughs> yep, I would get a I would get a cosmetic to support them, honestly. Mm-hmm. But like the game is simple enough, it's rewarding enough for like numbers go up, um, and the music for it's really good. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. like for like- how long you will have like a session up to like half an hour? <laughs> I'm jamming. It's good stuff. I don't know if they've fixed it since, but when I first started, there was literally an option in the menus that it was royalty-free music versus like, hey, we probably oh, okay. pirated or this is not technically licensed music. Well, I think I I think they probably license both, but if they have that option, it's so streamers can yeah, switch it was to de- it's definitely streamer stuff. For. Yeah, um, there was something else I was going to say about it is the. Uh, I lost it. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. We can wait until you get it back. Like <laughs> extremely long moments of literal silence on a podcast. Hasn't stopped I, people I want from it listening to come back next time we have Justin on. Uh-huh. <laughs> I want it to be six months. You're like, How Eureka. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fair. It's good though. So you've been playing that recently. I think you also mentioned um, some other game that we haven't talked about much. My other major game recently, besides Elden Ring, um, that was the one, but that's fine. Go ahead. (laughs) uh, Has also been uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderland, which is an Epic Game Store exclusive on PC right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Anybody who likes a DD campaign and understands how sideways that can sometimes go, I think would end up enjoying the story on top of the best Borderlands gameplay they've had to date. 
So I haven't tracked this aggressively. I know Ian, friend of the show, uh, Ian, um, was looking at it and then got distracted by everything else that's been going on gaming-wise. But um, is this... It's not like they're Telltale games. This is like an actual shooter. It's it's one of the Borderlands spinoffs. So it's something like the pre-sequel or... Um, was there something besides the pre-sequel that they released? I mean, it, it's effectively an extension or a full game version of the Borderlands 2 DLC, uh, the Dragon Keep, I believe the DLC was called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it's a full game. It's probably their shortest main story quest version, mm-hmm. but it has multiple maps. Um, it has the gun play back because I think the the DLC ended up not having gunplay. It was all spells. Okay. Um, and the it's not as dependent on the previous game's characters. So, right. like, there are cameos of old game characters, but they're basically just Tina's rough idea of what those characters were applied right. to <laughs> a fantasy universe. That's funny. Um, so... Brick from the first Borderlands is repurposed as the par- the fairy punch mother. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's just Brick with a tutu and wings, and he wants to punch goblins to save nature. All right, that's fair. Yeah, we've all um, been there. I've I linked Rachel a whole bunch of the dialogue because it was just it was real cute. Um, there were dialogue selections for being thirsty. Um, okay. Like, wanting to get some and you could just ignore it and it would end up uh pissing off tiny tina who is effectively the game's dungeon master right yeah yeah, yeah. i got gotcha. <laughs> um, you can you can play into that or you can just ignore it and it ends up being really fun um and then on top of that while the gun variation isn't it, it, it's standards Borderlands gun variation where they can always feel like there's always more options they could have provided. The mm. big thing they've changed with it is that the grenades are actually spells. Um, okay. Gotcha. So I, I will have one spell that is a Hydra that I spawn and it just ends up being like a turret, which would effectively be a normal skill from old games Yeah, like or Borderlands. it's a bouncing grenade. Yeah. Huh. That's really cool. I've, if there's a way to limit the amount of UI that they put into the UI, I would 100% be down to check it out on sale because I know Steve has also given it really high praise. Does it have like, multiplayer? It, it's definitely yeah. worth picking up once it comes on to Steam. I think it does have some of the Borderlands 3 problems that Dave and I ran into when we played that through where it's hard to see the enemies, but because of how over a, over the top some of the weapons and abilities and spells are you can almost mitigate some of that um sheer aoe (laughs) yeah basically um Hmm. and the big thing is their end game feels the most action rpg consistent with like the the current structure of how action rpgs work it's effectively a horde mode um but each run is there's a variance in each run because you treat it almost like a roguelike um you pick options in the run to make it more difficult or give yourself buffs and try to get through um and there are effectively from diablo 3 it was monster levels for path of exile it was the tiers of the maps Mm -hmm. um when you start it you pick which tier you're running and try to get through it it's like a nice bit of end game. I remember yeah. doing that a lot with Diablo 3. What was it called? Uh Rifts. Yeah. The Rifts, yeah. That was used to grind up a lot of a lot of stuff where you try and get certain elite packs to all die at the same time as you could get their bonuses and just use one ability as you went through essentially a map. Yeah. 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 That's interesting though. I haven't heard of like Borderlands in game ever really being anything <laughs> like I think historically had, like, it's been raids like you were trying to get a group together stuff. and kill a big thing yeah um so that's kind of interesting I haven't been super into I did actually play through three but it's been a while um and I haven't really played anything since then I love Borderlands style and I love Borderlands writing 
I really wanted Gearbox to like do anything with the gameplay. <laughs> so if they're starting to do that, then excellent. Um, it with their recent purchase by Embracer Group, I mm. feel like they're potentially going to spin off or at least provide feedback on other ones. But it historically they've kind of stuck to the same template, right? Like. I know what I'm getting when I play a Borderlands inspired game and it's just how much there's, there's a historical issue with like alt characters. They fix some of the issues from two to three, but three introduced its own problems that weren't resolved by tiny Tina's. Um, right. I also want to mention that you clearly read ahead to my emergency notes, which I will now reference just in case we ran out of content. We're not actually out of content, but and it's not going to make any more any sense if I reference it later. Um, Embracer Group to acquire Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, and Square Enix Montreal for $300 million, including Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, Legacy of Kane, and more. That, for me, is all like Eidos titles that I remember from uh, CD, CD-ROMs back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you were a big Thief fan. Obviously, I'm a big Deus Ex fan. Um, yeah, I hated Deus Ex. Shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I also have to give a shout out to Legacy of Kane. Just to, I don't know if it hurts or helps Ian, but I know that he <laughs> is a big fan of the series and um, may at some point want there to be another one. So I th- he's definitely wanted there to be another one. It's just, what do you do with a modern version of a dark fantasy platformer castlevania i don't i don't know (laughs) i mean it's been a bit but they've done it didn't they do it in the gamecube wasn't there some you play as a skeleton i don't remember the name of the game unfortunately and the description i'm giving is very uh lacking but (laughs) like it, it it can be done i'm seeing platformers more so in like the indie space yeah than triple a uh Double Fine came out and said that Psychonauts 2 is legitimately their best selling and best reviewed game ever, and that released post Microsoft. So, Microsoft seeing that is likely to put more money into that style of game. Mm-hmm. Legitimately a good game, 100%. But it's uh, oh, I didn't 100%. Thank you for asking. Um, <laughs> it's, it is very much though, like as I've said multiple times on and off the podcast. It's a good game, and then I don't have anything else to say beyond that. Yeah, yeah. like it does doesn't have the same sticking power of some of the other titles that we we're waiting to release, like Elden Ring. We don't shut the fuck up about, and it's yeah, like when I was trying, like I really enjoyed it. It was everything I wanted it to be. Period. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, yeah, it's weird. It doesn't ask lingering questions. Yeah, I guess is is probably the best way of phrasing it. Mm-hmm. It was like a really well played out like tight experience that's what it was like once you're done you don't really have like the same replay mechanic that you played on something else or the discussion around hey what do you think is going to happen here because it's stories wrapped at least as far as that section right they didn't want to torture people to wait another 20 years for Psychonauts 3 right but at the same time like if they kept doing that maybe less than 20 years I would keep getting them because I enjoy the writing. I enjoy the gameplay. It's always interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I put it in the same bucket that I put Ratchet and Clank. Like if they released more, I would buy them. I know what I'm getting and I will enjoy the experience of getting them, but I don't have a lot to add to that mythos basically. Yeah. Right. Do you have a game like that, Jake, where it's like, I'm always there for it, but then, you kind of move on once it's done. Uh, yeah. Well, I. The problem is, it's very difficult for me to think about those games <laughs> because they <laughs> just exit my brain once I'm done with them, right? But I, I know exactly that sensation. I finished the game. I was like, man, that was fun. I'm never gonna play this again. Um, and not like with any amount of malice. Um, we actually like thought thought about talking about it, but like, um. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. So I played not too long ago. And I really enjoyed it. I had a heck of a time going through the game. Fun time. And then I got to the end of it and I was like, that was great. 
and I just moved on with my life, right? There's no like nothing cool keeping period. me up at night. I don't need to wait for a sequel. It's it's, it's something that's like it was fun. fun and cool in the moment, but not mm. like water cooler talk afterwards. Yeah. Like, hey, did you play this one level? It's like, yeah. I think it does hurt a little bit more if it is in a series that you care about, though, right? Like, if you're expecting, if your expectations are higher, even if you're perfectly satisfied with the game, if you expect it to be blown away or to want more afterwards, even meeting your expectations can be disappointing, as weird as that sounds. No, I, I get that for Psychonauts, too. Because, like, it, it hit all the things I wanted it to. I don't really expect, like, a specific thing. I just expect it to be, like surprised and entertained and they did I think, that i think part of the problem with second last is just how long it took for them to release it because it was a fig release instead of so we knew we knew basically when the development started so we knew that the game was happening all the way back before the first line of code the first gray box was implemented right. and so it was just that long wait to get exactly what we wanted rather than something with Elden Ring where we knew it was happening, but we didn't know how expansive it was going to be, what content it was going to entail. You had a teaser and that was it. Yeah. I will say though, as a quick interjection, a long wait into something that you don't want was Cyberpunk 2077. So <laughs> count your blessings. <laughs> yeah. it's. I feel like, and Jake, you said this before, it makes more sense to have like very little notice or information given so that oh, yeah. when it happens, you don't have those expectations. And like mm-hmm. with the fig release and getting like the email updates once a month, I'm like, I don't like the first two I read beyond that. I was like, eh, let me know when it's done. Uh-huh. It's like I ordered something from Grubhub two years in advance. I'm like, I'm going to want a cheesesteak. Yeah. But like, don't keep telling me about it. Uh-huh. So in that same vein, Starfield with Bethesda so much has happened since their initial release and we've gotten very little content from them besides like grandiose ideas of what the game is going to entail grandiose um, Montreal yeah, yeah. Hey. Um, I, what's I funny literally forget what it what they've released up to this point when we get a content drop or when someone mentions Starfield as a game and it's supposed to release this year. Yeah. It's slated for November. It's actually the Bethesda launch date. It's yeah. November 11th. 11, 11. Um, um, I don't know, actually, like I'm hoping we get a little bit of information. They had a, a portrait I actually posted to discord or a picture art. I posted to discord. That's like, um, it's really evocative of like those old, like episode four posters okay. like luke standing there with like the lightsaber extending into the sky and lay on his leg or whatever and like um it's that kind of stuff like they removed all the misogyny but they left all of the style <laughs> in. um it's not misogyny they're related uh, okay gotcha gotcha they removed all of the incest but like everything else is still there um and it looks really cool i know like nothing about the game uh todd howard did an ama and he's like it will have modding which there was like no chance it was going to be removed if it was a single player game on the creation engine um so who knows i suspect it will be kind of like elder scrolls in space because that's really the only it's either going to be really what i expect yeah yeah it's either fallout in space or it's elder scrolls in space and outer wilds uh no outer worlds (laughs) did one of those already so um, I can see them going more in depth with the world, I guess, is what I'm expecting from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping for a little bit more economy that isn't just crafting knives for 10 hours. Whoa, whoa. But we'll see. <laughs> My family is supported by the knife economy, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's funny here is your example, even using Starfield, like Bethesda had the opposite launch where they did the year of announcement, right? They're like, Hey, it's gamescom fallout three is dropping or whatever. I don't think fallout three is a good example, but they had um, fallout four. Like the turnaround was less than a year. I think yeah. from the point the game was announced, they, they learned their lesson from the previous ones where fallout four was 
A, uh, Fallout Shelter dropped that day, and then yes, yeah. mm-hmm. Fallout 4 was dropping that year. Um, they lost a little bit of that train with 76, which I never played. Yeah, um, good call. In retrospect. Um, <laughs> but I... F- it's good to see that they're still kind of following. Like they announced Elder Scrolls six and Starfield the same time. And like, we're working on these. You don't need to know anything about them at this point. Uh huh. Um, and then we're in the launch year and it's like, okay, you're going to start hearing some things. And I think the real, the real test will be whether or not they have a release preview to, you know, yeah. the standard media and stuff like that ahead of time. That isn't the, the, the doom issue was their embargo lifted when it launched. Mm-hmm. Like there's a That's balance a there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Even close by can be dangerous. Cause like cyberpunk, I think had like a three day embargo lift or something like that. It was a relatively short amount of time. It was enough time for reviewers to get out and start talking about the game and the heights of the game but not to explore the lows. The other problem with the Cyberpunk 2077 uh, embargo was that all of the media copies were PC. PC, yeah, because the console gun didn't run. As it turns <laughs> yep. <out>. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Back to what Jake said at the beginning. Before we recorded, trust no one. <laughs> Zero yeah, trust I networks. I can talk about zero trust networks if you really want. <laughs> um, circling back though, uh, what games have you been playing, Dave? <laughs> circling back, forty <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Dear God, um, did I do my taxes this year? That's how far back we are. Um, so recently, I have to do a game anecdote because uh, I've been playing some Dota two again with the boys. Hmm. Uh, they had a patch like two days ago. Uh, and they fucked up something in the patch. That's normal. So, do you guys know Underlord? Yeah. That thing sounds familiar. Yeah, so he has like a firestorm thing. So it does like some flat damage and then some percent burn over like time and it does like pulses. So the longer you stay in it, you're going to be eating more damage than you need to. Well, they did the calculation wrong. So if you are in it once, it essentially burns your entire health. And we've oh. played, I think, two games abusing this mechanic. Before, they didn't even update a patch. They just removed the hero from the pool. And they're like, yeah. we're, oh. we're working on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You couldn't select your band. Um, so that was funny. But actual game I've been playing recently has been Tunic. The mm, one okay. I kept saying I would after three years of talking about when's it going to come out. Mm-hmm. It's your, your Starfield. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's good, though. I, I did beat it recently. Um, nice. What about the game? I, I also beat that <laughs> in my spare time from beating it. Um, but kind of similar to Death's Door style of like an isometric hack and slash. Mm-hmm. Kind of mixed with uh, Link's Awakening, the remake they did. Where it's like that it's very really cute good. artsy style. Low poly. I really enjoy just kind of playing and doing like, again, old school RPG type vibes. It was nice doing the progression, exploring, and just having fun with it. Uh, my only complaint, and I'll keep it vague because I know Justin's checking it out. Um, certain stuff late game or certain stuff in the game, I felt like I had to look up mm-hmm. versus okay. it being intuitive to somebody who's just like playing a game. Yeah, it was so really hard to get this hexing. Like, I'm not sure <laughs> why my quest is as difficult as it was. It'd be furry porn because he plays a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested. You sold to see... the game for so many of our listeners instantly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested to see what those references are, since in it for me, I get the length of the past uh, stuff, but I also get a lot of like Elden Ring or FromSoft style like exploration, like interconnected world, where it's not necessarily that you don't have the ability to do something, but you just don't know that, that you, you have can. the ability. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, you don't get the information until later, for sure. And so I'm wondering whether or not some of the design considerations for it were not 
you're not intended to solve every problem. Um, Cause I think that's some of the stuff that uh, Miyazaki came out with was it's good to have secrets that are then discussed online of like, did you know about X, which I know we recently had an Elden Ring discussion about. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, also, I will say that. Sorry, I was going to say as an aside, this is how you know that Justin belongs on the podcast. We were literally talking about like a Zelda like platformer thing. And it's like, but Elden Ring, like, let's <laughs> go back to talking about Elden Ring. Um, he knows he gets to. paid per per time he says it. So he's just like uh-huh. shoehorning it. I'm a convert. What can I say? <laughs> um, I will say like some of the puzzles are like things you don't know that you can figure out. And then when you do figure it out, it does feel really cool. And as I was going through, I was kind of piecing together some things and kind of theory crafting. And it was fun to do and then have that information be rewarded later. Like, oh, I did call that correctly. Or, oh, I was fucking way off base. Um, But it was just, it was a fun experience. Um, Yeah, I'm curious to have Justin play through it and get his thoughts. And Jake, if you ever check it out, I'd love to do an episode for sure. Yeah. Best bet might be if Justin plays through the game. Yeah. <laughs> I got six months. Got it. Okay. <laughs> you got six months. No, you're good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll have to keep an eye on it. I actually have like a pretty extensive backlog of games that I want to play. And instead of playing all of those, I'm playing games I've already played. Um, but as I get older, I'm sure you guys can relate. That's just how it works sometimes. You're like, sure could play Yakuza like a dragon. And now I'm playing Cyberpunk for some reason. Like, you know, it's, it's just what, the way it is. What I'm going to do is just plant the seed. I'll mention it to Dan like once. And mm-hmm. then you guys will be playing something together. And then he'll start talking about our posts and stuff. And that'll get you going. That's true. That is true. We tried a GTFO like last night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I refunded it actually. Like <laughs> half of us did. Um, and it wasn't what because, type of like, game is GTFO? Because I thought it was like definitely like a four player something, but I couldn't tell if it was like a Left 4 Dead vibe or if it was something else. It's like survival horror co-op. Sort of. Like, like in a campaign. So like Left 4 Dead like is Left 4 Dead? Or? <laughs> yeah, well Left 4 Dead's more arcadey. It's slower. Like, so you enter a room the enemies might, might not be aware of your presence. Maybe try to sneak through and like stealth attack a bunch of them. Okay, now you've gotten to a door. You have to like activate a scanner to get through the door, survive waves of enemies. You have very low ammo, stuff like that. Um, so it's much more into the survival sphere, but like the pace of it was what actually did it for me. I just don't have the patience to move really slowly through that. Um, it's unfortunate because it was hecka atmospheric, but so because of like the grittiness and realism and it being survival more focused, mm-hmm. there was a lot more focus on staying alive versus playing with your friends and like running through zombies, like a back for yeah. blood left for dead too. Okay. Yeah. Like your but health only regenerates it, to 20%. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, that that's, that's brutal. But like in relation to like the time scale for like a Barotama or however you pronounce the submarine game. Mm-hmm. Like, Same word, I, but with one R. Justin, I think you literally <laughs> mentioned two, two, like a Monster Hunter two. character. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the Baratama, yes, yes. <laughs> Which, there's an event for Sunbreaker on the 12th or 10th. <laughs> I won't do that right now. It's not <laughs> That's out fair. yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, it felt a little slower. I, I don't think that it has to be that slow if you're like actually really accurate and you're going through it, but um, we were going really slow to conserve ammo, and even then, the thing was we ran out of ammo and it's like rng the maps so, are doors that lead to other areas and you okay. have to like follow a path through to an objective and maybe come back and like you know you uh, gotta like do stuff payday where like there is a fixed route through a thing exactly and, but you still have that kind of experience barrier where the people that know how to play it would potentially go faster and feel mm-hmm slowed down by the people that were just learning a map or something along those lines. Yeah. And we just ran out of ammo. And so we straight up just like soft locked essentially because gotcha. you can't survive. We got to a, we like or really low on ammo and we're like, we're doing okay. And then we got to like a horde door where you activate it and get swarmed and we're like, the game is over. We played <laughs> it out anyways, but um it was kind of demoralizing to get there. Which is largely the reason I refunded it. 
Okay. Yeah, if your if your first play session is not leaving like feel good vibes, mm-hmm. I mean that's why I refunded Mighty Number no. Nine. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. You can refund like Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. If you have uh, information about the owners of Kickstarter, you can get a <laughs> refund for anything. <laughs> um, in other things that I'm waiting for in close to coming news, that phrase mm-hmm. was completely wrong. No, that was. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Speaking um, of close to <laughs> the satisfactory update six is supposed to launch in June. And I'm me and Rachel are super excited for that. Oh yeah. Um, a reason to get back into it. And I was hosting a, uh, a private server for the group of friends and we'll figure out whether or not we're continuing from that save or potentially running two saves. I know we also, uh, spent a decent amount of time teaching J- Dave how to uh, do coal power. And then I abused that coal power to make uh, giant launch tubes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like for yourself, the propelled transport. Well, it was the whatever it sucks you in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lining up a bunch of those into like very long ramp down and then like a little at the end. So uh-huh. you just kind of get eat yourself. The, the dirty trick is like if you set up one of those tubes, but you have directional input required to hit the next one. Uh-huh. So you've set it up. So you're like, oh, yeah, this will only work if you hold right. Like as soon as you exit or something like that. That's that the thing. I, I legitimately try to set it up, but it's always inconsistent where you land. Because I tried making something like, oh, this would be like the landing pad, but I never landed in that exact spot. I always had to do input each time in like it, different directions. Walls were the solution to that problem. And then I always built cyclotrons to try and do what Jake was saying, where instead of requiring an input at a certain speed, the game would just force you out sideways because it thought you were in an infinite loop. Um, oh. <laughs> so you could use that knowledge to exploit a, I built speed and now launch me. The problem was it was never fast enough for me. So on our private server, I think I made a uh, a 12 to 16 entrance uh, hypertube launcher. Okay. Um, and that would get you from the, the central spaghetti base to Ian's base in three seconds, if the server could keep up. <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, it's, that's great it's a stupid entertaining game and i'm not even somebody who likes the, like the factory design that's never really appealed to me mm-hmm. but i still get into this and i know when i was playing on your server with you and rachel at some point i was just hanging out with you guys so i made like an idol launcher yep so i had a bunch of like little basically macaroni noodles that would like suck me and shoot me out suck me and shoot and i did it in a loop <laughs> And that's like, hey, Dave, what are you up to? I'm like, I'm just hanging out. You just see my body kind of moving around. (laughs) Every time I take my train off to Never Never Land, uh, I drive past those and like, Dave was here once. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's great. It's a a good game. I'm surprised as many people got into it as did in our friends group, but it's it's pretty prolific. I'm really excited for when 1.0 launches and it's a complete experience um mm-hmm. i think it's a solid experience now but i feel like they're where they could potentially go with some things i'm interested to see what that happens oh yeah absolutely and if you guys are interested in see what happens just kidding we have to do the the thing first thank you justin for being on the show once more thanks for having me again twice one episode yeah all right <laughs> <laughs> thank you dave also for being on the show um Thank you, me. You're welcome. Um, but no, it's always good to have you on um, and talk about random crap and farming spots and stuff like that. That's it. Well, now that you live more so out in the country, Jake, you could make your own farming spot. That's true. We don't have much of a backyard, though. We do have a space more in the front us. where a tree a tree was removed. <laughs> so we can make that a little plot, a little three by three plot. Um put like a radish in there i'll start composting just to bring compost over to you so you can excellent (laughs) that's what i want people to deliver to my premise (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but 
if you guys in the audience have anything uh, that you would like to deliver to our premise, uh, you can send that into our email because that's about the only stuff that you should uh, at soapstonepodcast.gmail.com or you could join the discussion on Facebook, I think, at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good night. Thank you.